0: This is Neon Radio, episode 101, with Emily Fletcher. Welcome to Neon Radio. I'm your host, Nick Onkin, fashion and lifestyle photographer for today's top brands, performers, and game changers. On this podcast, we explore the body, mind, and soul of the creative entrepreneur, bringing you inspiring guests to help take your creativity, business, and life to the next level. What is up, everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of the all-new Neon Radio. I am very excited. We just had the 100th episode of the podcast last week as we've changed the name over. And last week I got to tell my story of how I got started as an artist and made it to where I am at now. And I was interviewed by my girlfriend, Stacey London, and it was a great interview. People are loving it. If you want to check that out, it's neonradio.com EP100. So with the name change, we are shuffling things up a little bit and adding a little segment called Neon Spotlights. Still playing around with the name, but we want to be highlighting people doing cool things, products, and things that you should be in the know about. And with that, I want to introduce you to today's guest, Emily Fletcher. She has actually been on the show before if you want to go back and check it out, it's neonradio.com slash EP66, and we talk about how meditation boosts your creativity. I wanted to have her back on the show because she started a new online training for meditation to make it accessible to those of you who are not in New York City. So I know I got a lot of people asking about it from the last episode. So I wanted to bring this to you guys. And we also talk and hear some insights on how to use meditation to actually boost your productivity and a few other benefits on the health and neuroscience side. At this point, it's been a year since I started this meditation and it's helped my life tremendously. And one of the biggest things that I've noticed overall is that I react a lot less than I used to to certain situations and i have a lot more calm overall. The fight or flight response has slowed down and I've actually been able to make better decisions through that. I've also noticed a big change in jet lag when I'm flying on the plane. From L.A. to New York and different things like that, I feel much more refreshed when I get off the plane. So if you happen to be listening to this before September 29th, 2016, she has a free master class, which you can check out over at neonradio.com slash Ziva Master. That's Z-I-V-A Master. If you want to sign up for the course, just go over to neonradio.com slash ziva and you can sign up for the course. It's an eight-day course and you can meditate and learn from anywhere. You gotta be dedicated, you gotta wanna do it because it is amazing and it will help take your creativity and productivity to the next level. I am not the kind of person who can sit down and focus on one thing for a long periods of time and this type of meditation has been a snap to do two sessions of 20 minutes twice a day and it's helped me out so much in my own life so i wanted to share it with you guys and check it out and with that i bring to you the one the only miss emily fletcher What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Neon Radio. I've got a returning guest on the show, Miss Emily Fletcher. Welcome back. Number two. Number two, number two. It's so exciting to have you back on. And if you want to check out Emily's previous episode, it's neonradio.com slash EP Sixty-six, And we'll link that up in the show notes. Um, But I wanted to have her on because she is expanding her universe. And I think it's great because all of you who don't live in New York have access to learning meditation. So I want to jump in and talk about, first of all, what have you learned in the last year? This is our one year anniversary since we recorded the last episode, by the way. Wow. That's pretty, crazy. Yeah, pretty exciting. And this
1: time I brought my dog. Severe <laughs> little pitter patter of feet. That's what that is. <laughs> Muggsy
0: is adorable. We should post a picture of Muggsy on this episode. We will. We will. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd love to hear from you. What have you learned in the last year since we last talked?
1: Mm, wow. I love that. I love quantifying your learning. To be honest, I'm just coming out of, this is such a bad advertisement for meditation, but I want to preface this by saying that I've been about eight and a half years without being sick and I went a decade without going to the doctor or taking any medicine or anything. And then on my one year wedding anniversary, I was in Greece actually, which I know you Mm. and Stacey just got back from Greece. Oh, it's so beautiful. But I was, I was speaking at this conference and I gave a talk called how to save the world in two simple steps. And I worked really hard on this talk. I basically pretended like it was my Ted talk and I worked on it for six weeks. And then I gave the talk and it was, it was a career highlight. It was mm. 400 people, full house, standing ovation at the end, got voted best speaker at this conference. And I was there with like Dave Asprey and Mark Hyman and JJ Virgin and all these sort of titans in the wellness space. Mm-hmm. And this conference is also really, they have amazing parties. And so i would be partying all night and speaking all day. And I just really left it all on the stage. And then I got to Greece, uh, to another island in Greece, and met my husband for our anniversary, and I promptly got sick. Mm. I got bronchitis really bad. And it it was like, if it was that one time, I would have thought, okay, I earned that. You know what I mean? I really, I worked hard, I played hard, I pushed myself too far. And I got sick, fine, a little slap on the wrist. But what's happened is I've actually been sick Four times in three months, which is, which is unheard of for me. Mm. Like I literally haven't been sick in a decade and now I just keep getting bronchitis. And so I'd say the big lesson, the big learning that's happening for me right now is that I have to prioritize my own wellness and my own downtime. Mm-hmm. It's tricky when you're a meditation teacher because you basically rest for a living. You know what I mean? I teach this amazing technique that gives your body rest. that's five times deeper than sleep. And, and our whole slogan at Ziva is do less, accomplish more, mm-hmm. right? Which, Which I believe in and it's true. And meditation does help you to accomplish more. But I feel like I've been almost abusing that. You know, I've been mm. taking this little reset and this recharge and then I've just been accomplishing and accomplishing <laughs> and, you know, creating and which is awesome. And when you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. And so I think I've been able to really burn in at both ends. And I think my body is trying to talk to me of like, hey, hey, ding dong, like just because <laughs> you teach meditation doesn't mean you can't sleep or yeah. you can just work all the time. And so I've really been prioritizing my own rest and my husband and I are thinking about getting pregnant soon. And so oh. I really feel like if you're going to go into that, kind of a chapter, you have to know how to rest. You have to know how to nurture yourself and you have to cherish your downtime. Yeah. So I think that's my big learning right now. As, as much as I don't like to admit <laughs> that I'm like, you know, human and mortal and that meditation teachers can get sick. Yeah. It's uh, it's been a humbling, but important lesson.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, think of where you'd be if you weren't meditating.
1: <sighs> I would, I mean, I certainly wouldn't be where I am because I wouldn't have been able to do all of this. I would have, I would have burned out years ago. I,
0: I can only imagine. So for those of, who haven't listened to the previous episode, cause there's a lot of new listeners to the show. So can you explain what Vedic meditation is and what you guys teach at Ziva?
1: Sure. So, so Ziva as it exists is, um, we have a studio in New York city and we teach live in LA and it's a, it's two hours a day for four days. So it's basically a training that de- that's designed to make you self-sufficient. So once you graduate from this course, you have a meditation practice to take with you for life. You're not dependent on me, you're not dependent on some location, you can do this thing on a plane, on a bus, on a train, and it really is this beautiful and delicious way to reset your body. And and even though I just sort of gave it a bad rap outing myself as being sick, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think the thing to note is that, you know, before I started meditating, I would get sick about four or five times a year like every year for decades. And then I went a decade without getting sick. So it really, it does like boost your immunity and it cured my insomnia. And it does all these incredible things for you. Basically, by getting rid of stress in your nervous system. Mm. It's the most effective tool I've ever found to, to get rid of stress in the body. I mean, the less stress you have in your body, the better able you are to perform in your waking state. And, and I really believe that that's the point of meditation, that we meditate to get good at life, not to get good at meditation. Yeah. And so that's what Ziva has been, is that I've been teaching in-person courses and and I love it. I love teaching face-to-face, but the expansion that you were talking about you know, I started. Well, what started happening is my students would come to me in New York or LA, and they would say, "You know, Emily, I love this thing. It's changed my life so much. I feel so much healthier and happier." But my cousin lives in Idaho, and she doesn't have access to a teacher. Or my aunt lives in Brazil. Or do you ever teach in Ireland? And you can't be in all places at all times. Mm-hmm. And and I started thinking about like the impact that I want to have on the planet. And there's as of now like 7.4 billion people on the planet. So if I even want to teach one percent of the world's population population, population, I would have to teach over a million people a year every year for 50 years. And I was like, well, there's no way that's humanly possible face to face. And so I I felt inspired to start the world's first online meditation training, which Mm. is called Ziva Mind. And to be honest, it was a bit of an experiment when we, when we created it, we didn't know if you could learn meditation online or not, because yeah. this was uh, five years ago. So it was pre Oprah Chopra. It was pre headspace. And honestly, no one was even taking online courses. It's hard to imagine now, yeah. but five years ago, people weren't really doing online courses. And honestly, they weren't even talking about meditation. Yeah. Now it's so popular in New York and LA and certainly in our circles, Yeah, but it was, it was a little... Like this sounds so cheesy, but it was a little ahead of its time, and and now I feel like both things are so much more popular. Meditation certainly, because there's so much more neuroscience around it, yeah. And online courses because the technology has gotten better, and so I feel like Ziva Mind is starting to have its day in the sun. Yeah. So what Ziva Mind is, is it's basically in, it's about 35 minutes a day of video training for eight consecutive days, and it's a matriculation, so it moves people through like from A to Z, and by the end I should make it from A to Ziva. Um, <laughs> just nerd nerd alert. I love that. <laughs> um, but by the end of it, you graduate with a practice to take with you for life. And once you graduate, you do 15 minutes twice a day, which I know sounds like so much time. <laughs> but the ridiculous thing that happens when you start meditating is that you find that, like you said, like you have more time, like your cognitive function improves. So it's um, 15 minutes twice a day once you graduate and you can do it anywhere. You can do it at your office, in yeah. your
0: car, on the bus. Fantastic. So explain to me what is Vedic meditation.
1: Mm, okay, so what I teach it face to face at Ziva that the foundation of what we teach is something called Vedic meditation, but we also teach a combination of mindfulness as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas Ziva mind is kind of its own thing. So I just want to clarify that like Ziva mind is not Vedic meditation. Okay. Um, but what you learned and what I usually teach face to face, it's a 6,000 year old practice mm. and it's different from mindfulness. I think when most people hear the word meditation, what they're really thinking is of of his mindfulness, which would be like you directing your focus in some way, like if you're focusing on your breath or counting your breath, or mm-hmm. if you were to do a guided visualization on YouTube or visualizing your chakras or all of that would be, I would put that in the category of mindfulness or basically a directed focus style of meditation. Mm-hmm. Whereas the foundation of what we teach at Ziva is more, um, it's a non-directed focus style of meditation. I like to call it the lazy man's meditation <laughs> uh, because you don't have to like chant for hours. You don't have to do an hour and a half of yoga. You don't have to stop drinking Jack Daniels or move to a cave. It's just all you need to do it is a chair. So when you're doing it, you're basically accessing a verifiable fourth state of consciousness, which means different than waking, different than sleeping and different than dreaming. Um, most people are pretty familiar with those three states of consciousness. But, you know, in this, in this style in Vedic meditation, you're accessing a verifiable fourth state. Mm. And when I say verifiable, I mean that if you were to hook your brain up to an EEG machine, which mm-hmm. is electroencephography hardware, there's eight classic points on the left brain and eight classic points on the right. And in waking, sleeping and dreaming states of consciousness, right and left brains are functioning separately from each other. But when you practice this style of meditation, all 16 leads of EEG start to rise and fall in unison, Mm. which I think is pretty cool that sitting quietly in a chair can change your brain signature.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but a a
1: lot of people are like, but why would I care about that? And, and, and I think everyone should, and here's why. And obviously this is a gross oversimplification, but the left brain is in charge of the past and the future. Mm -hmm. It's in charge of critical thought and analytical thought and math and balancing your checkbooks. And the right brain is in charge of the right now Mm -hmm. It's in charge of creativity, intuition, color, music, connectedness, creative problem solving. And if you actually look at a human brain, it splits right down the middle 50 50. And I don't think that nature makes mistakes. I don't think nature would have given us 50-50 if it wanted us to use 90-10. So basically all we're doing in Vedic meditation is that we're taking that right brain to the gym. And in the beginning, it's an either or phenomenon where you're either in meditation or you're in waking state. Mm -hmm. But the cool thing that starts to happen over time, once you start practicing regularly, is that it starts to be more of an and, where you start to be in this meditative state and your waking state simultaneously, Mm. where you start utilizing the full capacity of this 10 billion neuron model brain machine that we've all been given and this is i know we talked a lot about this on the first podcast was how meditation you know can impact your creativity yeah and i think that really the the main way that it impacts it is that it starts to allow that that left brain critical mind to start to communicate more fluidly and elegantly with your creative mind and then over time It it becomes seamless where you're, you're really, you're increasing your neuroplasticity and you're increasing actually the size of the corpus callosum, which is the thin white strip that connects the two hemispheres of the brain. Yeah. And I think that's pretty badass that, you know, just doing this meditation thing twice a day could actually strengthen the white matter in your brain, which allows both hemispheres to talk to each other more
0: elegantly. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the neuroscience of this meditation, just like it fascinates me. And I, you know, I can, you know, I'll speak for myself. I've been doing this for a year now. And I think the biggest results that I've seen a is I'm a lot less stressed out. Like my reactionary time to things that would normally piss me off is a lot, you know, slower. I can take, you know, I don't, I'm not as attached to that outcome. I mean, Mm. yeah, I still have my moments of course, but I mean, definitely meditation has helped that B, the jet lag. So flying to LA a lot. If I do like three meditations on the plane, three 20 minute sessions, when I get off the plane, I feel like I don't feel like plane brain. I feel pretty good. I feel, you know, normally normal to ease into it. So oh. that's been great. And, you know, I think there's just been a lot of, I feel so much more calm overall. Mm. And I think a lot of people even commented that, you know, to me. So I think it's been a really great practice. And I think, you know, on top of the uh, 20 minutes in the morning, usually every morning, I'll do the 20 minutes and then I'll do another couple of minutes of like gratitude practice in the mindfulness space. And I think that's a good tone sitting thing for the day.
1: Yeah. There's a cool neuroscientific study that came out recently that said that even if you don't have anything to be thankful for, even if you can't find one thing to give thanks for, just you asking the question is enough to change the chemistry of your brain. Yeah. So I think that's like a fun little tidbit people can take with them that just waking up and before you put your feet on the ground in the morning, when you wake up, just ask, what am I grateful for? And yeah. the reality is there's always something to be grateful for.
0: I mean, I'm grateful for the breath that I can take when I wake up in the morning. And yeah. sometimes you almost have to shift your mind into remembering that. Mm-hmm. And, and that almost is a whole grounding thing in and of itself.
1: Mm, yeah. We're very good in the West at celebrating and worshiping our non possessions and our non achievements, <laughs> everything that we have yet to achieve and everything we have yet to possess. Yeah. And this act of gratitude while so simple, and it's something that I train people to do at the end of their meditation practice. Um, it, it really has the ability to impact and change what you train your brain to look for. Mm. Right. Cause most of us are really good at looking for problems to solve but the gratitude starts to ask, well, what's going right? So you actually start to water the flowers instead of watering the weeds. Mm. And there's a Vedic concept that's, that is, you know, what you put your attention on grows. So if you're putting your attention on all the problems to solve, then you're inevitably and sometimes inadvertently watering the weeds. Yeah. Whereas I find that with meditation, once you change the chemistry of your brain, you can't help but start to see the flowers, put your attention on those, and then you have more of the things to be grateful for. Mm.
0: I like that, I like that, so give me the top five tangible results that somebody can experience from doing this meditation.
1: Well, I'll tell you what most people come to me for it's It's insomnia, anxiety, depression, migraines, and sometimes like quote unquote incurable illnesses. Mm. but I think far and away, the biggest ones are anxiety, depression insomnia and then some sort of like a migraine like ailment you know something that's that's happened as a byproduct of stress building up in the body over time and and i've had crazy ridiculous results like even though I'm obviously like very biased and even though I'm very committed I'm still I'm no I'm not surprised anymore but I'm still amazed mm. every time someone comes in after 3 months of practice saying like Emily I haven't had a panic attack since I started meditating Emily I was able to get off of my meds or hey my insomnia went away or like it's just it's so inspiring and exciting (laughs) to see that, you know what, the body actually does know what it's doing. The body does know how to heal itself when we stop doing all the crap to it that messed it up to begin with, Yeah, you know, and while meditation is not a magic pill, it's not a cure-all. I find that because it's such an effective means by which to get rid of stress in the body, it gets you out of that fight or flight mode so quickly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so much easier to do all these other things that are good for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a lot more likely to eat well, if you're not so stressed out that you feel like you have to like eat a whole box of cookies or drink a whole bottle of wine to calm down or smoke a whole joint. Or, you know, we, we reach to these things that are not good for us oftentimes because we're stressed or we feel bad. Yeah. And so once the meditation kind of resets the playing field, it's, it's easier to make, other healthy decisions for yourself. Yeah. But for my personal story, it cured my insomnia on the first day. I and I had insomnia for about 18 months before I started practicing. Wow. And you know, it's one of the first things they do to prisoners of war is, is sleep deprive them because life sucks when you're tired. Right. And so I, I really love it when, when it helps people with insomnia, but anxiety and depression, in India we just call those things stress. <laughs> you know like they're just different sides yeah. of the same coin. Yeah. And there's a there's a beautiful saying, I'm not sure exactly who said this originally, but that depression is a result of spending too much time in the past mm. and anxiety is a result of spending too much time in the future.
0: Ooh that is That's good. Yeah,
1: that's That's good, good. right? And the beautiful thing about meditation is that it's not asking you to stop looking at the past or the future. It's instead giving you a way to move towards the present moment, Mm. because I believe you cannot move away from the negative. You have to move towards the positive. Mm. And so what meditation is that it actually gives you a tool, a visceral, tangible tool, a means by which for you to get so present in your body and simultaneously you start flooding your brain with dopamine and serotonin, which are bliss chemicals, which makes it not the constant battle of trying to fight the adrenaline and cortisol of like, Oh, don't stress about that. Don't be anxious about that. Don't freak out about my taxes, which instead is, is just a kind of watering the weeds. Yeah. You know, the universe doesn't understand a negating term. Like it doesn't understand. Don't swing left. All your brain is hearing is swing left. So you can't say like, don't think about the past. Don't stress out about my ex-boyfriend or don't stress out about my taxes. You have to instead move towards the positive. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about meditation is that it gives you the tools to do that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, what's, what's great is that, you know, this type of meditation for me, I'm like the person that, I mean, I couldn't even do headspace for like five minutes. Like I have such a hard time focusing on one thing. Uh, in a moment. And I think for me to get through 20 minutes a, twice a day and, and it's like, no problem. Yay. No problem is it, huge. So it's I'd huge.
1: love to talk a little bit headspace and Ziva mind, basically mindfulness versus what we teach at Ziva as uh, so there's thousands of different styles of meditation. Most of them fall into one of two categories. Mm-hmm. Like I was saying that directed focus style of meditation that I teach the lazy man's meditation. And if we want to take this back a little bit further, this directed focus style of meditation or mindfulness is derivative of a style that was originally made for monks. Whereas what I teach, even though it's 6,000 years old, it was actually made for people like us. It was made for people with busy minds and busy lives. So it's designed to be integrated into your life. It's designed to make you a better you know, wife, brother, mother, worker, co-worker versus monastic practices are, it's less than 1% of the population that is monastic by nature. And they, you know, their whole contribution to society is meditating all day. And this was big news to me when I first started learning about it because I thought, well, whatever monks are doing, it must be so much more powerful, right? Like they must be like vibrating or levitating or something, <laughs> but it's actually the other way around. If you have a job and kids and stuff to do, then you have less time in your day with which to meditate. So you actually want to practice this is going to go in and really clean house so that you can deliver the most amazing version of you to your job. I mean, you, you can get off that plane and not have plane brain and be able to like <laughs> roll right into an interview or go right to a photo shoot or go to a meeting right off the plane. So so I just want to let you let yourself off the hook of like, there's nothing wrong with you. The fact that you couldn't focus even for five (laughs) minutes, because Headspace is amazing and the UX is amazing, but Andy was a monk. Andy, the guy who developed that, was a monk. And so he's basically taken these monastic practices and made them really sexy and charming. But at the end of the day, they're actually styles that were made for people who don't necessarily live in society.
0: right? right so right.
1: It's, it's just, it's an important distinction that I just want people to understand. And the other thing that I'm on a little bit of a rampage, I don't know, a mission to clarify for people is that the point of meditation is not to clear the mind, right? Mm. It's like, there's one dude going around telling everyone that in order to meditate, you have to clear your mind. And then people try it and they sit down and they close their eyes. and They're like, okay, brain, stop thinking. I sure would like a snack. <laughs> Snacks are delicious. I even got a ring that says snacks on it. <laughs> you know, I bet if my dog had a mantra, his mantra would be treats, treats, treats. Oh, wait, no, I'm thinking. Oh, no, no, I'm thinking about how I'm thinking. Oh, no, I'm thinking about how I'm thinking. I'm the worst meditator in the <laughs> land and I quit. Right. And that's like the beginning and the end of most people's career. And it makes me sad because then they potentially rob themselves of a lifetime of bliss and fulfillment because they're judging themselves on misinformation.
0: Yeah, I did that before.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. frustrating, right? Because you're like, why can't I stop my mind? Everyone says meditation's so good, but my monkey mind is too crazy. <laughs> exactly. But but so there is a way out. There's a delicious way out, and it just takes a little bit of training and a little bit of a reframe of what you think the point of meditation
0: is. Yeah, absolutely. What's crazy is like when I meditate in the afternoons, because it's like I get tired in the afternoons, and so after, when I meditate, usually I get super deep deep, deep meditations that feel like you just like went straight into REM almost. It's, it's such a strange feeling, but I can actually feel it physically in my brain. I, I feel like I did work. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's so crazy.
1: Well, Now that you've been doing it for over a year, like you probably can tell like when that dopamine hit happens or when that serotonin hit happens, which are bliss chemicals. And like, that's what that like deep, delicious, like blissful sensation is. you are basically like touching <laughs> unity.
0: <laughs> it's true. It's true. Absolutely. Yeah but it's great. It's, it's definitely helped me out in my life. Absolutely. A hundred percent. So Fine. yeah, I'm excited to, to show this to, to my audience and to those that are listening, because I know there was a lot of people that listened that were interested and some of them went to the class cause they're here in New York, but then there was other people that want to do it and they don't live here in New York. So I'm glad it's available to everyone out there.
1: Yeah. And it's been really, like I said, it was a bit of an experiment when we made it. We didn't know if it was going to work, but so far we've had a few thousand people move through it and it's been really heartwarming to see that even online, even not face-to-face people, you know, their insomnia is going away. Their anxiety is lessening. Their depression is going away. They're able to eventually get off their meds, you know, with their doctor, like, you know, you don't want to stop cold turkey, but it's been really heartwarming to see. And people, you know, writing a book, like finally auditioning for the first time or just getting rid of of blocks that have been around in their lives for years. Yeah. And even like busy moms, people would like, I have twins and I still am able to do this thing 15 minutes twice a day. And so that's been really, really heartwarming.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, great.
1: and you know, if, in case people happen to be listening to this soon, we're doing an interactive version, October 1st through the eighth, which basically means there's like a global class of people moving through the training together and yeah. people have access to live calls with me and three of them. Yeah. And yeah. And then leading up to that, we're doing a free online masterclass called stress less accomplish more, which I think you're going to put a link to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 That's going to be neonradiocom slash. Ziva master. And that's N I O N com slash Ziva master. If you want to go sign up for the class, go to neonradio.com slash Ziva, and you can sign up for the eight day course there, wherever you are in the world yeah. and learn how to meditate and better your life, optimize your life. That's right. I love it. Yeah. I
1: love it. And there's people from all over like Russia, Ireland, Colombia, Brazil. Like that's pretty cool too, to see meditation spreading all around the world.
0: Yeah. And what's, what's great is you're creating a community around it. So you can connect with other people that are meditating. You can ask questions, you can learn, you can, you can really be a part of the community.
1: Yeah. That's a big part of the training is that there is an online forum for people. So if you have questions that come up, you get support not only from me, but also from this global, amazing community around the world of Ziva
0: Minders. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, if you want to dive deeper into meditation, you can check out Emily's episode. We recorded previously at neonradio.com slash EP 66. It's more of a deep dive. And I wanted to thank you for coming on again.
1: Thank you for having me. And people are still showing up to Ziva because of your podcast. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I
0: love it. I love (laughs) it. And I acknowledge you for the difference that you're making in the world. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Thank you. And just so everyone knows where can we follow you and ziva on the interwebs
1: yeah so it's z-i-v-a which is a sanskrit word that means bliss it's just zivameditation.com or the online training is zivamind.com
0: fantastic thanks again
1: yeah bye friends
0: thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of neon radio with emily fletcher i am your host nick onkin And don't forget to check out the links, neonradio.com slash Ziva to sign up for Emily's class online. We will also have everything linked up in the show notes over at neonradio.com slash EP101. And it's neon, N-I-O-N, just to clarify. And if you love today's episode, I'd love it if you could help me out by leaving us a good review over on iTunes, sharing the episode over on your social medias Facebook Instagram Twitters Snapchats all those good things you can hashtag us over at Neon Radio that's hashtag N-I-O-N-R-A-D-I-O and I would love to see where you're listening to the episode and being inspired so post a photo over on Instagram and tag me at Nick Onkin hashtag Neon Radio and with that go out create your life by creating every small moment and we'll see you next time